0: Hi friends. Before we begin, this should be the last episode with slight less than stellar audio quality. But next week, things should be dandy. Knock on wood, of course. All right, enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 70 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. If you want to burn fat, gain energy, and enhance your health by changing when you eat, Not what you eat with no calorie counting, then this show is for you. I'm Melanie Avalon, author of What, When, Wine Lose Weight and Feel Great with Paleo Style Meals, Intermittent Fasting, and Wine. And I'm here with my co host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay, Don't Deny Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. For more on us, check out ifpodcast.com. MelanieAvalon.com, and JenStevens.com. Please remember, the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice or treatment. So, pour yourself a cup of black coffee, a mug of tea, or even a glass of wine, (laughs) if it's that time, and get ready for the Intermittent Fasting Podcast.
1: Hi friends. Now I know most of you are familiar with the power of protein to help us to recompose our bodies, get fitter and leaner by losing body fat and protecting and gaining muscle or lean body mass. Now protein supplementation is one of the best ways to do it. It is scientifically validated to help us produce high-quality weight loss. Now, when it comes to weight loss, traditionally, a lot of people will do high-carb, low-calorie diets, and those have been shown to generate upwards of 40% lean body mass loss. Now, protecting your lean body mass and your muscle is crucial when you are wanting to lose some fat because during weight loss, you don't want the weight lost to be coming from your muscle. The more muscle you're able to retain, the more you're metabolically active tissue, which is going to keep your metabolic rate much higher and help you maintain the fat loss after you have achieved it. Now, one of the best ways, as I said, to do this is through using protein shakes. I've been on the lookout for years to find a high quality protein supplement that does not have fillers, dyes, artificial sweeteners, and using cheap protein concentrate, which can cause all kinds of issues like bloating and indigestion I finally created a protein supplement that meets my standards, and it's something that I personally use every single day, and that is Tone Protein. Tone Protein not only is extremely clean and high quality with only whey protein isolate, no concentrates, no fillers, it is also scientifically formulated to optimize muscle protein synthesis, which is going to help you build lean body mass and muscle in the most efficient way possible. I am so incredibly excited about Tone Protein. Not only is it extremely high quality and optimized to help you recompose your body. It is also absolutely delicious. We've been having so much fun with all the different flavors that we are creating, and I just can't wait for you all to try it. Now, I wanted to create a special launch discount for all of you listeners so that you could check it out, try it out, see how you like it, and test it out for yourself. In order to receive that launch discount, you can head over to toneprotein.com and sign up with your name and email address and you'll receive an email to double opt in to the list, and you'll be the first to know when Tone Protein is available to order. And you will also receive that exclusive launch discount. It is going to be the biggest discount that we ever offer on Tone Protein. So I really want all of you to be able to receive it. So be sure to go to toneprotein.com. Sign up with your name and email and you'll be double opted in to that list. And I am so excited for you all to try it out. Let me know what you think of it and let it help you to optimize your body recomposition goals, get that fat loss and maintain and protect your lean body mass while doing it. New customers can use the code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% off their first order. BeautyCounter.com/Vanessa Spina. All right, friends, now back to the show.
0: Hi, everybody, and welcome. This is episode number 70 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. I'm Melanie Avalon,
2: and I'm here with Jen Stevens. Hi, everybody. How are you today, Jen? I am doing great, and I just want to say we're about to have a thunderstorm. So if y'all hear thunder, it is August in Georgia, and we have a lot of thunderstorms. So if there's some rumbling, that is not my tummy. <laughs> it's a thunderstorm. So how are you doing? I'm good. That, that makes me really happy. I still I miss thunderstorms. You know what? Here's something so funny. My son, Cal, um, the one that, d- that did the window intermittent fasting app, only available for Apple. <laughs> anyway, he just, you know, spent his summer doing his internship at Apple. And so he was out there living in Cupertino, you know, tooling around San Francisco on the weekends, that sort of thing. Well, I picked him up from the airport on Sunday, he came home just for a few days. And then um, it started to pour right when his plane landed. And he was like, what is <laughs> you know, because being in California it didn't rain like that. And he's like, this is crazy. I'm like, son, this is Exactly what rain has always been like your whole life, and it was just he thought it was so funny. And then he was like, Oh my god, it's so hot! I'm like, It's only 85 degrees, (laughs) it's not that hot. The humidity, I mean, it was just so funny. I remember when I
0: went to college at USC, when it would rain, people would just not go to class, they would just not go to class.
2: Oh my gosh, because they're not used to the rain. See, I can't Mm -hmm. even imagine.
0: I remember because it rains there about, you know, I mean, once in a blue moon and I would always go, but literally the, it would be about half the
2: people. That is hilarious. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it obviously is different because he was like talking about how crazy it was that it was raining. And I'm like, it rains like this all the time. We had one June where it was so rainy that our like ceiling caved in because our roof was leaking. And it was, I was watching TV and the ceiling like fell. Oh my goodness. Yeah. We got that fixed by the way. <laughs> no more leaky roof. <laughs> I just realized I dreamed about tornadoes last night. Oh, well that's, um, that's, I live in tornado, tornado zone. I mean, it, we have tornadoes here. That's so funny. I don't think I would have ever, ever
0: remembered that I dreamed about that if we had not had this conversation. Yeah. Wonder what what else like I've dreamed about that I never.
2: Well, we better not have a tornado. You better not have like ESP or something. A tornado goes through Augusta. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh,
0: oh, so I'm, I'm currently listening to. I try to listen to just one audiobook at a time, but I'm cur- currently flipping between three different ones. Is one of them delayed? Don't deny because that is now available on audio. Oh, four different ones. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm kidding I know no, it, it's you to there it's there it. it's
0: number 4 oh, it's there Yay. I haven't actually started it but it's it's on my
2: app Can I just before you tell me about the one can I tell you I feel so much better since it came out cuz I was so nervous about that like I thought it would be awful I don't know you know cuz this is <laughs> even the podcast is a little out of my comfort zone but I was like there's no way I can record this whole audio book and it's any good so my husband, who has not even ever read Delay, Don't Deny yet, he has not read Delay, Don't Deny. <laughs> but he listened to the sample for it that's on the audiobook, And he was like, I thought he was going to be like, that was all right. It wasn't bad. He, he like said it was really good. He said, I sounded like a professional. I'm like, oh. Okay, now, now I have to listen. It's it's in my, it's there. It's number, I it's with the four. Well, he doesn't give compliments very much. So he was like, You sound like you should be recording audiobooks for other people too. I'm like, oh, that's really sweet. Because I think my voice sounds weird. So <laughs> he's he probably would not like the book if you if he read it. he would be like, This is terrible. Cause he didn't he wouldn't read it.
0: So actually that does remind me <laughs> my mom. So it's kind of like what you, what you just said with your none of my family really they don't i mean they don't listen to this podcast they don't really read my blog or they don't I mean, they don't they don't know anything i mean they know lots of things but they don't know they don't follow my stuff so my mom sent me a text and i guess she was randomly researching her mthfr genetic mutation right right <laughs> She sent me a text and she said that she was researching it. And so she was on Google and she started reading this really fascinating blog post that was really long and she read the whole thing. And it was yours, (laughs) wasn't it? And then she got to the bottom and realized it was my website. Hilarious. Apparently it was the first thing that came up when she Googled I love that. (laughs) It makes me so happy. (laughs) And then she sent me the picture. It was, you know how Google now they feature, like when you type in a topic, they, they feature one of the posts and they put the Oh like yeah, like the automatic information. They simply. Yes. I don't know how they do it, but they pull out information from your And post.
2: it was yours? Mhm.
0: Oh, I love that. She typed in like MTHFR, like heterogeneous, like her her specific thing. And like, yeah. Oh, that's fun. That is so fun. I was like, oh, "Yay! <laughs> moment." <laughs> so that's how I get my family to read things. You got
2: to be number 1 yeah. on Google. <laughs> that's oh, the key. I love it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, what are you what are you listening to now, besides Delay? Don't deny. <laughs> now I realized it's five things. I look. Okay. So
0: the first one is Genius Foods, which a listener actually sent us. A listener sent us an email and recommended that we read it, and it was it had been in my queue and on Audible forever. So I was like, this is a sign. That recommendation came from YOL. So thank you for the recommendation. I downloaded it and I'm listening to it. And the one, the one quick takeaway from it so far was he talks about these different superfoods for the brain. And the first one he talked about was olive oil. And he talked about what, what I was telling you about the other day about oh. the burning sensation and everything. Yeah. I was like, yay. That's cool. <laughs> what are the odds? Um, and then I'm reading, listening to The Healing Power of Essential Oils because I still really want to get into that once I yeah. understand it more. And then at yours, Delay Don't Deny. The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin, mm-hmm. and then The Body Keeps the Score, which is about how the brain processes traumatic events and like holds on to memories and things like that. Something that I learned fascinating in that, and reminded me of our podcast with Dr. Ruscio, because you know how we talked about people having food fears and getting getting into their certain safe foods and you know being scared to try new foods and things like that, right? Because they right. they know. they know what they know with what they're doing. So he talks about this study. I don't know if you've heard of this one before. So they took dogs and this is really sad, but they took some dogs and they would shock them in a cage. Mm -hmm. So they couldn't, they couldn't get away and they would shock the dogs. And then they would take those dogs that had been shocked and they would put them into a cage where the door was open. And then they would also take dogs who had never been shocked And they would put those dogs into a cage with the door open. And then they would try to shock these two different groups of dogs. So one that had been shocked before and then ones that had not been shocked before. So when they tried to shock the dogs that had not been shocked before, the dogs would just run out of the cage. (laughs) Because
2: this is the worst cage ever. Those dogs were thinking, what's wrong with this cage? Get out of here. But
0: the dogs, this is so sad. The dogs that had been shocked before, when they would try to shock them, the dogs they would just sit there and and like whimper. They wouldn't try to leave even though the door was open. And he said that the only way they could make the dogs leave the cage was to literally drag them out of the cage to show them, to show them that they could leave. leave. And he said that how it relates to trauma and to just ideas that we have in our head about things is that we get into patterns and um, even if, they don't feel good. And even if, uh, they're painful, we, the, the, we choose to stay in them rather than potentially try something new. We'd rather like stay with the fear that we yeah. know rather than try something new. And it just reminded me of like food fears, especially because it's like you'd, um, if you're on a limited diet or something, and this is the way I feel sometimes with things, it's like, I'd rather stay with these foods that I know work, even if i feel like I could be better maybe with a different paradigm. Right. Um, but you're, but I'm, it's like too scared to try new things. So it, it was just really interesting. So I guess we, we all need somebody to drag us out of our, there you go.
2: I love that analogy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But he said that I just started crying. I was like, I mean, it's so sad, but it's really beautiful. I mean, it's really interesting. I don't
2: know. Yeah. And it was so poetic how he said it. I think we can probably apply that to a lot of situations in people's real life. So maybe that'll hit home with some people right now. Yeah. Yep. I'm actually reading deep nutrition. I don't know how I haven't oh, read this before. I've read that. How Have I not read it before? I have no it's idea. Long. Yeah. I read it for a little while and then I quit for a while. So I'm in, I, I, I'm a little mad because I got to the point where she started talking about eating organ meats and I don't want to eat organ meats. <laughs> well, you could take, you could take the ancestral supplements. I know that's what I'm going to have to do. So, so
0: those are. Grass-fed organ meats in in capsule form, so you can just take them and not have to actually eat your organ meats. And we actually do. We talked about this on prior podcasts, but we actually have a code. If you go to our website, ifpodcast dot slash stuff we like, and you use the code there for the ancestral supplements, you can get fifteen percent off.
2: Yay! Well, I might have to go there and use the code yeah. because <laughs> I am not eating organ meats. But so far, um, the book is just fascinating. And how? I mean, I. I Talked about epigenetics briefly in um, Feast Without Fear because, you know, we're learning more and more about how our genes are not just, you know, static and fixed. You know, there are very few that are, um, and how they can change over time. And like the gene expression, I may be explaining this terribly, but based on what we're doing, how we're living, what we're eating, apparently food is so much more powerful when it comes to how our genes are expressing, then we may even have realized, like to me, I was like, holy cow. You know, even though I have have done this research for Feast Without Fear, even though I've read about epigenetics, reading her book is making it just really come clear. And also it helps us to understand how our diet can be important to future generations. Like, you know, what I ate when I was pregnant, it's not just growing the baby, it's growing their their genes, if you will. And, you know, before that, we always just thought it was just like this code, you got it, here it is. You passed it on. It's just what you, what, you know, lottery, luck of the draw, what you get. But we have so much more power than we we thought, you know, when we first learned about DNA, the more we learn, the more we realize we can change our health. We can change the health of our children by the way we are eating. And so, feeding your children. So important, teaching them to have healthy food habits. And, you know, when I was pregnant back in the nineties, <laughs> we just thought, you know, you were building a baby. That was it. You know, you had to have the right prenatal vitamins, whatever. And that was good enough, but no, we're doing so much more. We're programming their genes based on what we eat while we're pregnant. Fascinating.
0: Yeah. That's crazy. I love it. So for for listeners, we'll put links to all of these books on the on the show notes, ifpodcast.com slash episode 70, as well as ifpodcast.com slash stuff we like. Yeah. Where it, that's where all the stuff that we like is. So shall we jump into our intermittent fasting stuff yes. for today? Yes. All right. So to start things off, so we have a lot of questions, <laughs> a lot of questions related to one topic about being tired and fatigued and things like that. So what we thought we would do to um, start things off is just go through some of the reasons in general that you might be tired or experience um, symptoms like that while doing intermittent fasting. And then we can read some of the specific questions and maybe say which ones we think that that could be. I don't know, I I made a list, Jen. Did you make a list? No.
2: (laughs) Okay, yeah, go ahead with your list. (laughs) I'll, I'm going to write it down. And then at the end, I'm going to say your list was exactly like my list. Okay. Perfect. Okay.
0: <laughs> so basically there are a lot of reasons that you can be experiencing fatigue or tiredness or brain fog while practicing intermittent fasting. And here are just some of them. So the go-to one that most people that we will say probably a lot and will probably be the case for most people is that you're still adapting to a fat burning metabolism. That's what I was going to say. That's the number one. Yes. Okay. (laughs) So basically your body has been used to running on carbohydrate stores. It's been used to running on its last meal and it needs to get used to running on your body fat during a fasted state. And it's epic for energy generation, but it does take a little bit of metabolic Tweaking and changes to get there, so if you haven't been doing intermittent fasting for a while, that could definitely be a reason that you're experiencing fatigue or tiredness. but there are a lot of other reasons as well so hormones can be a reason that you're experiencing tiredness and fatigue it could be related to intermittent fasting might not be um, thyroid issues could be a, uh, could be a thing another huge thing could be detox reactions. So when you're doing intermittent fasting and you start going into the fasted state, you might start cleaning out these things in your body that have been just kind of hiding there. There are a lot of different types of toxins that can be in our body, but intermittent fasting is really great for cleaning house and really great for getting those out. But that can also create a, like a detox type reaction and fatigue. And you might might take a while for you to experience that because it might take a while for you to really start getting in deep and cleaning out those things, if that makes sense. Food choices is also huge. So if you're doing intermittent fasting, but you are eating foods that are being, are working as kryptonite in your body. So if they're, I mean, we, I know that you can do intermittent fasting and you can eat whatever you want. And you'll most likely, if you're switching from not having done intermittent fasting before, you're most likely going to lose weight. You're most likely going to see health benefits. But if you are taking in inflammatory compounds and inflammatory food and foods that don't agree with your body, then it's very likely that you'll experience fatigue and side effects from that. Also just life stressors in general can create fatigue. And then there are just so many other things that could create fatigue that might not be related at all to intermittent fasting. So I personally have been experiencing fatigue and brain fog these past few months, and I've, now I'm figuring out why that is. And it's not, <laughs> it's not related to intermittent fasting. One of the things I talked about on the, past, on the podcast in the past is I realized I had a buildup of heavy metals, and that definitely has created brain fog and fatigue for me personally. So I wouldn't have known that unless I had done blood tests to find that. So it's really, really hard to say, this is the thing that's, ca- that's causing fatigue. This is the thing that's giving you brain fog. But in any case, it, it's a sign that something isn't functioning quite right. And there's a reason for that. And you can find out what that is. And Jen and I are not doctors. So we can't say, this is the reason that you're tired. Right. This is the reason you have brain fog. But there is a reason there, and so
2: you can definitely find out what it is, and you can definitely, definitely address it. And even so, Melanie, a good point about what you just said, we're not doctors, and we can't diagnose you or tell you what's going on. Sometimes doctors can't even, like, immediately tell you. That's something to keep in mind. You know, you go to the doctor, and they're like, I don't know. <laughs> they they don't always know till they do a lot of probing, and they may not be able to find the answer either if it's something unusual or uh, you know it it may be hard to find or if it's a doctor who's a little more traditional and not willing to look beyond, you know, the scope of traditional type things. It's not always easy to identify. So we certainly can't always know because we aren't doing tests, right? Exactly. And like for me
0: personally, um I would see conventional doctors and everything look completely like perfect (laughs) on blood tests. But then it wasn't until I saw a a a functionally minded md who did a very very comprehensive blood panel that looked at looked at everything uh that i did find the the kryptonite in my personal body with heavy metals and some other things which i might talk about in the future on the podcast once i get through it <laughs> um so yeah it's a, it's a big our bodies are complicated but something i will say is that Fatigue, brain fog, pain, things like that. They're, in a way, they're a good thing because they they show us that something is not right and that something is wrong, and so they they give us a signal that we can change it. So, I think yeah, I think something to keep in mind. But oh, and then one other thing though, I was going to say, complete opposite was sometimes you're just tired, (laughs) and that's okay. You might just be tired. You might just be tired. Yeah. And maybe you just need to take a nap. (laughs) That's true. So... eventually want to order so you never miss out and if you really like something and want to keep it you can opt to buy it at a massively discounted price friends i'm obsessed this is finally the answer to wearing all the clothes all the time with none of the waste Everything is professionally dry cleaned or laundered with detergents that are free from dyes and scents. It's all gentle and it uses low temperature cycles. So yes, we are good on that front as well. It is the coolest thing ever. And you can try it free for a month. Yes, completely free. Just go to MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com to sign up. Free clothes for a month. After that, their plans are super affordable. We're talking honestly, an entire month is less than the cost of typically what would be the cost of one dress, and I am not kidding. That's right, unlimited clothes for less than the cost of one outfit. I am just so thrilled to bring this resource to you guys. I can't wait to hear what you guys think. So again, get free unlimited clothes for a month at melanieavalonscloset.com. That's melanieavalonscloset.com for all of the clothes. None of the waste. And definitely share your pictures and tag me on Instagram because I want to see all the fabulous things that you guys are wearing. That's MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. So shall we go into the, the questions? Yes.
2: The first, the first question is from Jenky and the subject is tired. And it says, Hi, Jen and Melanie. Love your podcast. I listen and re-listen to certain episodes religiously. I've been doing IF for four months now. I love this lifestyle. I've lost 22 pounds with no restrictions on my diet. I usually do 24, sometimes longer, a few 44-hour fasts, but sometimes shorter windows depending on my social calendar. My eating window is in the evening. I'm 49 and will be 50 this year in September. My question is, why do I feel tired all the time? I think in the beginning I felt the energy that you and so many other IFers boast about, but I I, I don't feel it now. I used to get up at 5.15 to work out every morning before work. I had no problems waking up that early. Not only can I not wake up at that time, I find it hard to wake up at 6.30 and hard to get going. I didn't have this problem before IF. I also find I go to bed early at night too, by at least an hour. Often when I get home from work, I work at a school, so I usually get home 3.30 to 4. I want to lay down after fasting all day. That's the afternoon slump I used to get before IF. I also seem to have brain fog. I usually have one big cup of coffee in the morning. That helps me wake up just a bit, but doesn't really get rid of the brain fog. I take a multivitamin and some other supplements, collagen, biotin, 5-HTP, etc. I take the supplements in my eating window. My fasts are 100% clean, one cup of coffee, plain sparkling water, and plain water during my fasting window. Any light you can shed on this, Four months in, so I don't feel like it's a transition thing. Can it be the foods I'm eating? I don't restrict what I eat. I typically open my window with some kombucha and nuts, cheese, avocado, usually not with all three, but some combination. And if I'm really hungry, all three. Dinner is usually some protein, usually chicken, eggs, or fish. I don't eat beef or pork. And veggies, some carbs, but I have found over time I naturally eat less carbs like bread, pasta, rice, etc. I have also naturally stopped craving processed snacks like packaged chips, crackers, etc. I do often eat out, and when I eat out, I don't limit carbs like chips at Mexican restaurants or pasta or pizza at an Italian restaurant, rice with sushi, etc. I'll have dessert every now and then, not every day, but I don't restrict myself, maybe two to three times a week. I also have wine most nights. Any insight on this issue would be much appreciated. Keep up the amazing work you two do. All right, Melanie, what do you think about this question and why she's tired? Okie dokie. Hi, Janky.
0: Thank you so much for your question. Like I said, we're not doctors, so it's hard to know exactly what's going on. But I mean, I find it interesting that – so you've been doing intermittent fasting for four months, and I know that does seem like a while, but comparatively – you could still be doing it a lot longer. (laughs) So you could still be adjusting. I know four months does seem like a long time, but in the grand scheme of things, not that long. Like I've been doing intermittent fasting for like a decade. I don't even know. So long. Um, So you could still be adjusting. And I mean, I find it interesting that you you experienced the energy briefly at the beginning, you said, and then this all started. So I do wonder if getting into the fasted state in the beginning for you kind of like sparked your cortisol and got your adrenaline going and maybe that's why you initially felt that the fasted high in a way especially with all the focus that you're giving us on food like this is a very detailed analysis of what you're eating i, I just because of that i'm sensing that there it might be somehow related to your food choices so I would suggest trying a a dietary approach and a consistent dietary approach for like a week and see how things change. Maybe if there are like some foods that you know you do really well that you do really well on, if you want you could try like a lower carb approach or like a, a lower fat higher carb approach, but maybe just try consistent food choices for a week and see if it resolves anything because then you will be able to tell if it is food most likely. Yeah. What are, what are your thoughts, Jen?
2: Yeah. Four months does seem like, like long enough that, and especially since she said she's been doing, she usually has a four hour window with a 20 hour fast and that she's even done some longer fast. So, you know, we would think that, yeah, you would get to your glycogen, you would get through your glycogen stores by that time. And you'd be transitioning into fat burning, but there is something, um, that could, could make it different for some people. And we talked about that butter Bob video before, was it a a few episodes ago? We put that on the, um, on, on the website, right. For for which episode, do you remember what episode that was in? No, but I'll, I'll put it in the show. Okay. Ooh, that was a lot of thunder. I don't know if y'all can hear (laughs) it. I really, I like to go sit on the screen porch when it's thundering. So I'm missing my storm, but anyway, um, in the butter Bob, there's like a a written part where he's like blogging about it. And then there's a video he talks about, if you have high circulating insulin at baseline, you know, like high fasting insulin, you may not be accessing your fat stores um, very effectively. And so, you know, fasting brings down insulin, but also you know, what you eat can make a difference in, in your insulin levels. So I wish there was a really easy way to test our insulin levels at home. Unfortunately there isn't, but if you knew, if you had really high insulin levels just all the time, like if you're, if you could get a a blood test of your fasting insulin level, I mean, doctors can do that. I don't know if your doctor would be willing to, but if you have high insulin levels all the time, theoretically, you know, you may not be accessing your fat stores very well. And so then you would not be getting that high energy from, from your fat stores, from ketosis. So that's just something to keep in mind. And, you know, I mentioned that it takes different people a different amount of time. You know, if your insulin levels have been high, 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 if you're severely insulin resistant, you've been overweight a long time and your insulin levels are high, just like with with glycogen going down over time, insulin levels should go down over time. Also, so maybe your body just needs longer to get to that point. But if that is the issue, then yeah, a lower carb approach can be a a good thing to do for a while. And you know, I don't say that lightly because I love my carbs, carbs work great for me. But if your problem is high insulin, then you know, lowering carbs in your eating window temporarily, and I'm not even saying you'd need to do it forever, but you know, eating the keto diet for a month and see you know see what happens with that or test it for a week and see how you feel see if that makes a difference. Oh so for
0: any of these listeners if if you do find <laughs> the reason that you're tired and you and, and things change let us know.
2: Oh yeah, we would love a follow up.
0: Definitely love to talk about those. All right, so the next one comes from Colleen and the subject is sluggish. And Colleen says Hi ladies, I love your podcast. It is the perfect combination of smart, entertaining, and informative. I love the Q&A format, keep up the great work. I've been living an intermittent fasting lifestyle for five months. At first I did a 16-8, but for the past few weeks I've been experimenting with 24, 23-1, et cetera. I'm an elementary school teacher like Jen. I feel great fasting and feel very productive, but as the school day winds down, I'm feeling tired and drained. Is this just my body adapting to fasting for longer periods? I usually pass through, but I literally yawned in a student's face the other day. Any suggestions? Thanks, ladies. You're both awesome. All right,
2: Jen, what are your thoughts about Colleen? Well, I do think that since she was doing 16-8, it is likely that she may not have, have gotten all the way through her glycogen stores because she just started the longer fasts in the past few weeks. So a sudden tiredness after increasing the fasting time could really be it. I mean, I, I guarantee you, I could eat enough in eight hours to keep those glycogen stores stocked. So I would, I would suspect that might be it, that yes, this is your body adapting to fasting for longer periods since you just made that transition. So that would be my, my thought there. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I, I don't know when you're having your meal, Colleen. So you could also experiment with
2: changing when you have it because she doesn't
0: say when she has it, right?
2: Oh, yeah. That's a good point. I was assuming she was not eating during the school day and was still fasting. But if she's eating at school, then that would be why she's tired because that, you know, as soon as – well, like whenever I would have something to eat at school – like on a day we had a special lunch or a day there was a special snack and I ate it, I would be just like, blah, that was it for the rest of the day. So if she's eating at school, that would be why. I mean, I don't think she's eating at
0: school, but I don't know if, if she's eating you know, right when she gets home or if she's waiting later. That's just one thing in general people could also experiment with. I, I think that things people can really experiment with to determine if it is related to eating and food is experimenting with either a the window timing or B the food choices. And if neither of those fix things in the
2: long run, then there might be something else. Going yeah. on. Yeah. And there's always that possibility. Like we talked about before that it's something entirely unrelated to the fasting. And the only reason you notice is because everybody else has all this energy and you don't. So that's a clue that there's something going on because if, if everything's working well, you should be, Getting into your fat stores, having that energy, and just lets you know that there's something going on. All right. So here's another one. And this is from Pilar. And the subject is Lethargic. What's wrong? And Pilar says, Hi, guys. I, as all, love your podcast. Thanks for such amazing work. I love how different you guys are and how that works to our advantage. So I've been IFing since February, five months so far. I've had great NSVs, which is non-scale victories, since day one, but something's bothering me. One of the main reasons I began this journey was because I feel tired most of the time. I coped with food and Diet Coke. After the initial two weeks, so hard, don't give up, you newbies, I began feeling much more energetic. But this last month, I'm lost. I feel lethargic most of the time. My thyroid levels are okay. Hypothyroidism here. I'm eating until full, trying to have a healthy diet with a beer here and a Snickers bar there, but I just can't cope. My husband, great supporter, great, I'm sorry. My husband, great supporter, bless him, is worried that this style is damaging my health. I'm worried too. I don't sleep badly. I play with one meal a day in 16 hours, adjusting to family life with two toddlers and stuff, but that doesn't seem to make a difference. Even tried apple cider vinegar, but didn't notice changes got to admit, I did it only for like four days. Any ideas about why I feel so terribly down? Not depression. Thanks again, Melanie and Jen. Keep up the good work.
0: All righty, Pilar. Well, thank you. Thanks for reaching out to us. So something that's sticking out to me is that you started intermittent fasting because you were feeling tired before. So it was already a, it seems like this tiredness
2: that you're struggling
0: with, there's, I think, there's an underlying issue because it, especially you talk about how you would cope with it with food and diet coke and things like that. Um, I think there's definitely go, something going on here. So, if it is related to hormones and or genes or food or things like that, another book, a book I'll really recommend. Have I talked about Dirty Genes on the podcast, Jen?
2: I can't remember. We talked about a I feel, like, a lot I feel like
0: I did because I'm a, It was so so amazing. It's Dirty Genes, a breakthrough program to treat the root cause of illness and optimize your health. It's by Dr. Ben Lynch, but it's absolutely amazing. And he goes through and talks about different genetic SNPs that people can have that make them react differently to environment and food and things like that, and how you can and how you can address it in a with with a dietary approach. And it's really great because you can look at the symptoms and you can kind of figure out where you might be on that and try to find the foods that might work with you to address that. And this actually goes for any of the listeners. I'd really recommend that you check out that book because you might find something in there that really, really works. So it was kind of like um, the earlier question where you initially felt energetic, but then but then the tiredness came back. And I, like I said, I do think a lot of that happens a lot because people initially get this like fasted high and they get the adrenaline going. And that really gives them an initial huge boost in the beginning. But if there is an underlying condition that was causing the tiredness, that adrenaline from the fasting and everything can only mask things for so long before that underlying condition is going to spark up again. So yeah. you really have to figure out what that underlying thing is. And that's really hard to do. I know, but you can't, you can find it. Um, I personally do think a lot of times that diet, that dietary approaches can address it, but beyond that with like with lab testing and things like that, you can look at, you know, all the things and maybe find out what's going on. So I know that's not super specific, but those are my thoughts.
2: And I have one more thing. You, you, what you talked about was great. And especially since it was before, before intermittent fasting also, but Um, she talked about how she has two toddlers. So I'm going to say (laughs) there is no time of life. I mean, infants take a lot of care, but there is literally no time in life more draining of your energy than when you have toddlers. I mean, I remember my boys were 18 months apart and like, like, I would just sit and cry. I mean, it was just stressful. You know, my boys were 100% energy all the time, going, going, going. And and it was just, I mean, you're like trying to keep these little creatures alive all the time when they're like trying to, you know, climb a ladder and get on the roof. And at least mine worked. <laughs> Literally one time I was at a, at a church thing and I looked out the window and my three-year-old was up on the top of a plague thing that you weren't supposed to be on the top of. I don't know how he got up there. <laughs> he was on the top. And he was three? Yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. his boy climbs. Um, by the way, side note, I've seen some photos he's taken in Savannah. That's where he goes to college. And I'm like, Oh, I don't even want to know how you took that photo. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) you don't stop worrying, but some of this could just be because you have toddlers. And I know that, um, you know, maybe there's not something physically wrong with you, but it, it is draining because you are focusing your attention on them. I mean, literally from the moment you open your eyes to the minute that you go to bed and you know, and that when, and then they wake up and you're awake. And so, you know, especially if you're at home with them, I don't know. I'm I'm trying to see if you're a, a full-time mom or if you work outside the home, but you know, being, being a full-time stay at home mom actually is more draining I think and making, makes you more tired because it's just a different kind of energy, so that could be that could be your your issue, just from one mom to another. It does get better, but let me just tell you, when they're like the age they are now, 18 and 20, you have different worries. <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell you all about the one he put diesel fuel in his car yesterday by accident while he was on a road trip. I won't tell you which one that was. Okay, I did just tell you about it, but you know what that does to the car? I mean, I can imagine, but... It makes it come to a full stop, and it will not turn back on. <laughs> oh, really? So
0: if you're at the gas yeah, station, yeah. And you
2: accidentally put in the diesel? Yeah, and you shouldn't be able to do that, but one of mine was able to do that yesterday on a road trip. Does it stop you from using it, or does it? Well, there should be something on the, on the nozzle that keeps it from going in a regular car, but this one did not have that, so he got a little while away, and the car went, <laughs> stopped completely. Oh, man. He was halfway from our house to Charleston with some friends. I won't say what son it was, but this is the one you would think would not be doing. This.
0: <laughs> I, I think my dad gets secretly happy when I have car problems because I know nothing about cars. So I think he feels like he yeah. can, you know, really, really help. help he does. He, help, he helps yeah. out so much, but I, I actually, I, I actually think he gets like happy. If I, if I, if I'm like, if I'm like my
2: car broke down, I think he, He's like, Oh, I'll help you out. Well, every bit of of parenting is hard, but, but even as hard as teenagers are, the toddler years were especially draining for me. So you have a whole lot to look forward to there, Pilar, (laughs) over the years, they're going to shock you and you're going to be like, what? I didn't even know a child would do that. (laughs) So (laughs) everything's a cautionary tale. Make sure it's not diesel. (laughs)
0: I don't think I would do well with children right now.
2: Oh, yeah, trying to, get well, to handle my own life. It just really—it's—it's so—it's you, your time is really not your own. For when they're little like that, you're just really at their mercy. And you want to sleep because you're tired. Nope. you're not going to sleep. I remember when Will was a newborn. My um, the one that's 18 now. So Cal was about about you know 18, 19 months old by then, and. I was trying to lay down on the couch and take a little nap. And he came over and he was like prying up my eyelids with his (laughs) fingers. And he's like, mama, mama. And I'm like, oh, please, please just let me have a (laughs) nap. He's like, mama, mama. It it doesn't stop. (laughs) And with more than one, one of them's always needing you. Like they always need you. Every second. (laughs) So that could be why she's tired. That wasn't on your list, but I'm going to add that on. My- no, I, I think, I think that's a good one to point out. Like just, just life, like life, life can yeah. be tiring and that's okay. Yeah. yeah. But the, I was never more, tired. I mean, I wasn't doing intermittent fasting at the time. So that would be interesting if I could go back and see if that helped, but I don't know if it would have, I was just a different kind <laughs> of tired. <laughs> All right. One more tired question.
0: Super quick. This one comes from Carrie subject is so tired. Carrie says, love your podcast. I haven't gotten through all of them to find out if you actually answer this question. However, I just started intermittent fasting this week. Today is my second day. I'm absolutely so tired. I can hardly keep my eyes open. My intermittent fasting that I chose is the sixteen-eight, with my eating window being one to 9 PM. Any tips? Thank you so much for all the great information. Really appreciate
2: it. So I think we both have the same answer to this. Yeah, I think so. This is this is a classic. You're just starting, and um, if it's your second day, then absolutely you're going to be tired at first because your body is trying to make the transition. You're, you know, trying to get through your stored glycogen, and then you know once you get through that, your body has to learn how to tap into your fat stores. So yeah, you're going to feel possibly like you're moving through jello, and you're like, what? This is awful. Why am I doing this? So yeah. Um, also I noticed that you're doing 16, eight, which actually may make it a little, take a little longer for your body to adjust to fasting just because you are able to eat more during an eight hour window. And you're probably refilling those glycogen stores more, you know, one tip, if, if somebody has some time and they want to help the body get through those glycogen stores, if you're just like a rip the bandaid off kind of person, you really could just say, all right, you know, I would, I would probably not do this when I had like important things going on, but you could just do a 36, 48 hour fast just right off the bat. If you could handle it Now, not everybody's going to be able to handle that or want to, but if you're a rip the bandaid off kind of person, get that sort of glycogen out of the way. And then your body would have some time to adjust after that. So just a thought I probably would not choose, that. <laughs> but, but sometimes people ask if they, if they could do that and you certainly could that might suit some styles of people just very, very well. We, we addressed reasons people might be tired, but I guess we could
0: give some more tips and tricks for how to deal. Like, like you said, um, it could be nice. To, you could do like an a intense, you know, depletion of the fast. Actually, I was going to say, do we recommend caffeine? But let's go to the next question.
2: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is from TP, and the subject is caffeine pill during fast period. And TP says, hi, ladies, loving your podcast. I have a very simple question. If I can't stand my coffee black, sorry, Jen, I like the heavy cream in it, and I'm willing to forego my coffee until my eating window opens up, is it okay to take a caffeine pill during the fast? It is straight, plain caffeine, no other ingredients. Thank you in advance. What do you say, Melanie? I say yes. That's fine. Me too. Yep. Me too. I say do it. I mean,
0: ideally... I do think it's probably, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's probably healthier in a way to get caffeine in its quote natural form from coffee or tea or something like that, but it's not going, it's definitely not going to break the fast and it's most likely going to probably get you into a fat burning state because the caffeine does upregulate fat burning. Right. So, yep. And, And there's so many different, so I haven't had a lot of caffeine in a long time. I've been, I think I've told you before, Jen, I have like, you know, a spoonful of coffee in the morning. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm always experimenting now with different things, trying to figure out the best way to get sustained energy. And there are just so many, so many different things. It's overwhelming. Yeah. Like there's caffeine, but then there's, um, you know, adaptogens, things like that. There's like ginkgo biloba. Um, I personally find peptase actually really sparks up my brain then there's like essential oils like I said so there are definitely a lot of different things that you can try and I think you can definitely find something that will work for you.
2: Yeah I have really great energy during the during the day I do drink coffee in the morning so you know I'm getting my caffeine like that and then I don't have any more afternoon but I do have good sustained energy throughout the afternoon too even though I'm not having more coffee you know because I think that's when my body gets into ketosis some point afternoon. And then I could just go, go, go. I mean, I could literally just go <laughs> and do and it's so true. go forever. Once you get into
0: that state, yeah. it's just like
2: epic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and really you just have to, so if I was in the middle of something, I'd be like, oh, I have to quit now and I have to go cook dinner for my family. So. Alrighty. So our next question comes from
0: Lindsay and the subject is commute meal ideas. And Lindsay says, Hi, Melanie and Jen. I've been binge listening to your podcast for the past few weeks. I'm now in my third week of IF. I started with 16:8, but I've been trying to extend my fasting time and some days go 20 hours fasting. I've now found that the best times for me to eat are at lunch for work around 1 to 2 p.m. and dinner. I have a long commute home and I like to go to the gym after work, but then I don't get to eat my last meal until 7.30 p.m. I find myself feeling my body digesting while trying to go to sleep, which does not feel good to me specifically. I figure the best thing for me to do would be to make my window 1 to 6 p.m., which would mean ending my window while commuting after work. I would like my main meal to be during my lunch hour at work and possibly eat my second mini last meal slash snack on my commute home that is 45 minutes long. Do you have any meal prep recommendations for eating in the car? I was thinking of smoothies, sandwiches, for example. Thanks for all your knowledge. And you guys keep the motivation going for me to continue IF for life. All right, Lindsay. I read (laughs) Every now and then we get a question and I read it and I just, I'm like, we have to talk about this now. I've been like dying to talk about this question. I don't know if Jen knows why I've been dying to talk about this question.
2: I messaged Jen and I was like, we have to answer Lindsay's question. I need to hear what you have to say, but okay. I can see why that might work best for you. If you don't want to eat, you know, after seven thirty, if that doesn't feel good for you, then having an earlier window sounds like a great option for me. You know, I, I like to eat real food and, um, you know, talk about in delay don't deny how I'm too lazy to drag food around with me all the time. So, um, I would be looking for something that was convenient that I didn't have to fool around with much. So, I mean, I like real food instead of like meal replacements, but this might be the time when I would do some sort of really high quality shake or something and blend it up right before I got in the car. And then I would have that on the way home and it would almost be like, I could imagine some sort of chocolatey meal replacement shake kind of a thing that would be like having dessert, you know, or something like that. Um, something like that would be good. I also have seen those little packs of, this. Is this is just what I like to eat. I like to eat those little, I'll usually use it to open my window, but those little crackers with cheese and salami. And they're making all sorts of little packs like that now, even some with like olives in it and things like that, nuts. Um, something like that would, would be a, a good thing to have on the way home. Really, it's just, you know, something that's convenient that you're not going to have to spend a lot of time prepping and and, you know, working on. Fruit would be something that's easy to carry around too. Boiled eggs things like that. What do you think, Melanie? I'm dying. I, I can't even talk because I want to know okay. what you have to say. <laughs> so, oh, I feel so strongly about this. Okay. Oh, is it going to be not eating in the car?
0: Yes. Like <laughs> I feel so strongly not, not eating in the car specifically, but I just think intermittent fasting is so wonderful and so healing and so helpful and really makes us intuitive and lets us get to a point where we are nourishing food with our body. And so it makes me sad to think that um, because we feel like we have to stick to a certain window that we would make eating something that we have to do while doing something else not related to eating. Because I'm like all about like mindful eating. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It's just really, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not good at it. (laughs) I mean, like, so I'm not saying that I'm like the example, not saying that at all, but it's something that I'm always striving for. Um, That's why I always talk about that book, The Yoga of Eating. And um, it's just so important to me that because, like, when we eat, it's a it's a state of digestion and assimilating nutrients, and it's our body needs to be in that that rest and digest and accepting state. And so, I don't think it's ideal to be doing something that is the complete opposite of that at the same time. I don't think that's good <laughs> for our bodies. Um, so, I would say. I would say don't eat don't don't make your don't feel like you have to eat while driving so that you can fit this window that you came up with in your head. I feel just I feel so strongly about that. Like I think that the most important thing and this is just my opinion, so feel free to disagree <laughs> all that you want. But I I just think that it it's really important to find the window that allows you to eat in a state that w- will encourage mindfulness in your eating and rather than feeling like you're having to like shovel down things.
2: Yeah. That that's my thoughts. I I can see that. I, I, I can, I mean, I, meal is, is my dinner meal. My evening meal is such an important time. You know, I've talked about it before I eat with my family. We sit at the table, we eat together. Um, so i do understand that but i guess the the reality of of the job and that she doesn't get home till 7:30 and i'm sympathetic to that and so not being able to eat until after work again i i, I get it so I, I don't think eating in the car is like anybody's ideal like i wish i could just eat in the car right but i think sometimes you have to for a stage of your life have to
0: yeah i guess some- i guess what i would suggest I mean, ideally I would suggest maybe making your window, since you're doing a lunch, maybe making your window just at lunch or making your window breakfast and lunch or making your window or doing the same thing and having your main meal at lunch because you call it your second, your mini meal slash snack. And since you do mention smoothies or something like that, then I think, I think that's, if I, if you were going to keep that window, I think that's what I would suggest would be, um, if it's not spik- spiking your blood sugar and making you super ravenous or something like that, um, something that's really that is close to instant energy in a way. So that like a smoothie, like a green smoothie or something like that, because or like a milkshake, I would. go <laughs>
2: I know Melody's like, what, (laughs) No, because that's like a lot of digestion, you know, like. That would make me so happy, a nice milkshake. Like,
0: like, like a green, like a green smoothie or something like that, where it is. Peanut butter milkshake. No, stop doing butter.
2: (laughs) That's what I would pick.
0: (laughs) Uh, No, you can do that if you want, Lindsay, but don't.
2: (laughs) A peanut butter milkshake is is like really going to be a good choice that's what I would have. (laughs) Something
0: that's easily digested. So it's not like, it's not like on the one hand, you're telling your body, Hey, we need to digest this. But then at the same time, you're telling your body, Hey, we need to drive, you know, like, you know, like you're not giving two conflicting signals. So if it is just like a, an easily assimilated green juice or something like that, but yes, feel free, do whatever you like. That's just, that's just my I don't know why I got so excited about that question. I think just because like the mindset and the paradigm of, right. and it doesn't even have to be with this question, with Lindsay specifically, or this situation specifically, just just in general, I, I don't want people to feel like that they have to subscribe, to feel like they that they have this window that they have to do. And in doing that window, find that it impedes On other aspects of their life. It's kind of like what Dr. Bruchot was talking about with food choices, saying that people, um, you know, find these diets that are really restrictive and they stick to them and then they won't do, you know, they won't go out, eat out, eat out at dinner. They won't go do other things because, because of this restrictive diet. And I think the exact same thing can happen with
2: intermittent fasting. Yeah. And so you don't live your life because of the the regimented nature of Mm -hmm. it. I I think the hardest thing really is, though, in a case like this, when you're limited with work, you know, if even, you know, I was a teacher and had a specific lunch time every day. And that was when my kids were eating lunch. I would have been able to eat lunch at that time, but really only that time. You know, like they frown on you, like eating food when... (laughs) When the children are in the room, you're like teaching and eating food at the same time. They frown on that. Although you could probably squeeze in, you know, a piece of fruit here and there if you wanted to, but you're really limited. So you will either eat at, like we have, we had a grade level that would go to lunch at 1030 in the morning. And those teachers either had to eat lunch at 1030 in the morning, or they had to wait maybe when their kids were at PE later in the afternoon, that might be a good tip. But you're just really... You know, there's a lot of of jobs out there where you're just really at the mercy of of this is when you can eat and you cannot eat any other time. And so it it can really be, it can be tricky to make it fit into your life if you have a very regimented schedule that is out of your control. Mm -hmm. So in that case, you know, if you have to eat in your car and that, that might be what you have to do. I should
0: end with that. But yeah, don't feel like it's... All that said, everything that I said, don't feel like it's a bad thing or guilty or anything like that. That would be the right. worst. <laughs> I would feel so bad if that's the response that I create from this. That's not at all. That's right. not at all what yeah. I'm trying to do. I talk about that book, The Yoga of Eating a Lot. Um, he talks about mindfulness and all of that stuff, but then he does say, and this is one of the things I love, he says, once you do make a decision to eat something or whatever, let that be okay. Like Once you make the decision- be okay. Like, don't, don't, right. don't feel guilty. Don't be like, why am I doing this? Or I shouldn't be doing this. Or yeah, just when you do make the decision, just be okay with it. So yeah. hopefully Lindsay, you can find something that works perfectly for you. I know you will. And it'll be okay. Yeah. I guess fruit, fruit too, could be a good thing.
2: Peanut butter milkshake, strawberry milkshake. That's fruit. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know. Let us know, Lindsay. Let us know. <laughs> Let us know what flavor of milkshake.
0: Green <laughs> Sorry. green smoothie. Like at Whole Foods.
2: That's what I would do. Yeah, I would. They have all those juices and stuff. I won't tell you about my favorite ice cream. They had that Biscoff ice cream. Mm-hmm. Our Whole Foods closed though, so I can't get it anymore. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm
0: such a Whole Foods person. Yeah. I'm really enjoying Sprouts though. We got a Sprouts. I like it. Sprouts is nice. And Trader Joe's.
2: We don't have Trader Joe's, but and it's just a fun place to go. It's fun. You just are happy to be there, right? Yeah, basically. I feel like you're on vacation. It does.
0: That's what it feels like.
2: <laughs> it feels like Florida. You're like, I'm in Trader
0: Joe's. Woo! Yeah. But that's like I don't know how they whoever came up with like the I don't know. You know, that's really smart. Yeah. Like whoever, whoever designed I feel like it takes a lot of brain power to design, a, especially a, ch- a chain, especially
2: a chain where it creates that that vibe. Instantly. Yeah. Well, it's everything. It's the, the lettering, the fonts, the it's everything they've got going on. The the casual nature of the way they word things, you know. It's everything. Yeah. The
0: the checkout lines, how they stock things. I think I think that, like you said, the fonts that they use is really key. Yeah. And I think probably how they. I mean, I haven't worked there, but
2: probably how they train, you know, the people to work there. It's just got a good vibe, you know? I wish we could have one, but Augusta can't have nice things, sadly. (laughs) But we do have Sprouts, so I hope it stays for a long time. (laughs) I'll keep you posted. (laughs) Please do. Yep. (laughs) All righty. Well,
0: this has been wonderful. A few different things for listeners before we go. If you would like to submit your own questions for the podcast, there are a few ways you can do that. You can directly email questions at ifpodcast.com. You can also go to our website, ifpodcast.com, and you can submit questions there. Also on that website, a few other things, you can get on our email list, and then you will get reminders and information about the podcast every week. You can also go to ifpodcast.com slash stuff we like. That's where you put a list to all of the stuff that we like. So all those books, there's just so much stuff there. <laughs> we so like cool. things, yeah. It's a treasure trove. Yeah.
2: Treasure trove. treasure trove. How do you say it? Treasure trove. Now, knowing how to say it and being able to say it are two different things. Yeah, tre- <laughs> treasure yeah. <laughs> trove. <laughs>
0: it's funny. When you're recording audiobooks. I don't know if it's happened to you, Jen, every now and then some words will be aligned in such a way that saying them. Yeah. Very, very difficult to say. Right. Like, very difficult. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> like sometimes I'll read a sentence and I, I say it, I have to say it like 10 times cause I can't, I can't say those two words back to back. Yeah. So treasure, treasure trove. Yep.